I'm Brad. I'm Justin. And I'm not the Cinemaiden. An award-nominated podcast for every movie fan. We are the Cinema Guys. Welcome to the show. Welcome to a bonus episode. Bonus. Of, oh, this is a bonus episode. Well, usually we're every other week, uh-huh. and, and they're getting they're getting a, a Man, full episode two weeks a, in a row. What? Well, it'll be three weeks in a row because there'll be one next week too. This is so, this is a bonus then. Cinemaiden is gallivanting across Scotland right now, so uh, it's the return of Cinema Toast Crunch. Cinema Toast uh, Crunch. Top joining us. Scotland movie. Go, Rob Roy. Ooh, good wow. job! Wow. What's yours? What's yours, Gal? I, I I don't know. Is Braveheart in Scotland? No, it's Ireland. Oh, no, it, it is Scotland. Is it's it? the Ireland's his like cause. Like it's my island. It's Scotland. You're right. Yes. Mine right. would be the Highlander. He's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know the only yeah, Scot nothing. in it plays a Spanish man. Yeah. So well, <laughs> saying Christopher Lambert is not Scottish. No, Sean Connery. But plays. the accent of Lambert was clearly Scottish. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I think it's just how he talks in <laughs> well, real life. Just awkward and weird. You know, as I like to say, welcome into the chaos. If you've mm. never been to the show before, as I like to say, every time he says "welcome in," welcome it in. sounds like "willkommen." in the <laughs> German. And if you're returning, welcome back. Welcome we have back. a. Like I think we Potter. have a pretty good episode. We we. Did our first big interview celebrity episode? This is that's what you should call it, not the bonus. Episode. Not a bonus episode. Celebrity our episode. Celebrity yeah. episode. Yeah. This is celebrity episode. I actually called some friends like, "Do we have for the first time?" A celebrity we have a episode. we have an interview with Greg Sestero from, as most people would know him from the Room. Uh, wrote the Disaster Artist, and we're going to talk about his movie Best Friends. All right, I have to ask this question now. You guys talked to him. I did not. Yeah. Which is awesome and amazing and super crazy and cool. Are we allowed to say we didn't like the movie or are we not allowed to say? You that? can say whatever you want about the movie. I don't want it, but he's probably going to listen to this episode, right? I can song and dance all day. I'll be like, oh man, <laughs> the best movie I've ever seen all day. No, yeah, I, w- yeah. I want your honest opinion on this movie. Okay, cool. All right. Well, that become like a Do thing, you think Greg right? Sestero wants my honest opinion on this movie? I I, uh, I know that he's he? like a random I mean, guy he, in Cincinnati. I wonder what you think. Uh, he did write, produce, and star in it, so you know he might want to know what you think. But he did not direct it. It was he did a guy not named Justin. It. He did not direct it. Yeah, uh, we we talked to him about that. Actually. Who was the director? I mean, what the Justin guy? But I mean, what else has he done? I will. I don't, say, I don't want to give too much away because there are some. I in know the we interview. haven't talked about it yet either. But like, I will say. The some of the cinematography was actually really well done. There was a couple times where well, they like. Well, we'll jump into this and in when we talk about the movie. I don't want to get too far ahead. All right, fine. Let's not get too far fine, ahead. Fine, fine, fine. You're, you're like already feeling bad for saying bad things that you haven't I know. said yet. Yeah, I know. Okay, <laughs> before, okay, okay, okay. Before we play the Let's interview, not talk about this movie yet. Before we play the interview, we're gonna do a little top this. And in this top this, which uh, Greg also has his top this that we we got him to say in in the interview um, to give us, like, not really say, give us his top this. We're doing top three guilty pleasure movies. So basically like movies that 
you know, most people may not like, but you're like, I love this movie. I love watching this movie. If it's on TV, I like watching it or What's however. Deal, we all have three? Three. And in honor... I have in five, honor of the two are honorable mentions, and I have another caveat with my five. Well, anyway, I was gonna say in honor of the cinnamon's absence. Oh, uh, we're gonna we'll, do we'll just group one on ones. Dang it! Yeah. So, we'll just Caleb, group I don't them. know if you like know this, but no, no, you know no, we have short. this ongoing argument. We like round robin style. I say one, you say one. He says one. I say one, you say one. He says one. Yeah. But Cinnamon likes. I say all mine. You say all uh, yours. He says okay. all his. Yeah. So in um, honor of her absence, we'll just do. All right. Fine. You say she gets one. <laughs> you get one. She, Cinnamon. She wins when she's not here. I can't believe that you're not doing a Scottish <laughs> accent yet. Ooh. Like what's going on there? But I'm sorry. Um, wait, wait, for that. Right. wait for it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I got. Right, you want to harness? You want to start off your. Uh, your top this? I will. I'll right. start it off. Oh boy, no. here it is. Right. You just had uh, to say something. Here goes my ma- here goes my tops. Hopefully, no, hopefully so, now uh, we just offended all the Scottish people. Sorry, to our Scott- oh, Scottish listenership was like, that's not even Scottish. That's more Irish. Yeah, right. That's probably true. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did you just say Scottish listenership? Is yes, that? that's it. It's a good term. I will not mention Blade since I talk about that on this show every time. Blades, obviously, guilty pleasure, but I'm not going to say that one. Mentions. I'm not going to say that gonna, one. You're still going to say I'm also not going to say Point Break because those honorable would be my two, two. Like, I just want to watch something. But because I talk about that in You just every said episode, both of them. But I, I'm not mentioning those. That's how he gets his honorable mentions <laughs> in. <laughs> those are my honorable mentions, <laughs> Caleb. Don't be frustrated with me. So my three are, if I'm like, let me just watch something. Or if it comes on and, and other people are like, oh, I, I don't. Number one. Not for me. Number three. Red Dawn. Hmm. Okay. I love the original. The, not certainly the, not the Chris not the remake. Hemsworth the remake is work, whatever the Chris Pine version was. That's so a, bad. That's a good one. That's a good I one. I love Red Dawn. I think it's super fun. So it's like important that it's Russians and not North Korea. Is that, is that Cubans? Like, it's Cubans. Cubans. Yeah. It's Cubans. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I guess it's not it's one of my guilty Cuba <laughs> They they went and CG'd all like the. Uh, in the new one, they CG'd all the anything that said North Korea off. Yes. And then after that is Notting Hill. I always love Notting Hill. Interesting. Um, I, interesting. I, I know those are two extremes. Wait, is, it, is that Hugh Grant? Hey, and he, Julia yeah. Roberts. Yeah, it is. He owns a bookstore, a travel bookstore. Wow. Have you, hold on. Have you only seen it once? I've I've I, I, it, I I've seen it once a long I don't time ago. It, it is fantastic. It already has two of the qualities I like to avoid in movies: It's so good and so fun and so heartwarming and so loving. And it's got definitely a uh, Harry Met Sally quality where they have like they cut to like old people talking and things like that. I like it. And then last, this is my like okay, what am I gonna watch tonight? You know what I'm throwing this on is Mystery Men. Oh, all right. Yep. Ben Affleck, Gene Garofalo, uh, William H Macy, one of the dudes from Good Burger, <laughs> not the guy on Saturday Night Live with it. not, not Keenan. Not Kel. It was Kel. Kel is yeah. in it. You know, I think I think it stopped after Mr. Man. This is sad. I think Kel may actually be more successful for like not being on Saturday Night Live for um, many years. I actually Kenan's meant to look on. this up the other day. Has Keenan been the longest? Cast member of Saturday Night Live ever? I don't know. Ever? <laughs> like, like of all time? <laughs> ever. I think wow. of all time. All right. So, anyways, sorry. So those, those are, are my those three. Are, those three pretty good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty good. You guys have pretty only good. seen them all once. Not, Notting Hill. I think I've, you guys have seen all those once. I've seen Mystery Men quite a few times. Yeah, I've seen Mystery Men more than once. Okay. Good. 
I've seen Red Dawn. I've seen Red Dawn. I've seen more than once. I've seen Red Dawn. I've seen more than once. Cuba. Everyone knows Cubans are the worst. All right, Caleb, aka Cinema Toast Crunch. Yeah. All right, Cinema Toast Crunch. Cinema. The my first one is definitely this is like one of those. Oh, cool! This is on TV. Like I can watch five minutes of it and be happy. I can watch the whole thing. Crawl. Oh, it's a good call. A good no, one. it's not crawl. That's a good call, though. No, blood sport. Blood sport. Oh, yes, yeah, that's a good one. Like, Kumite. And, oh my God! Anytime blood sports on, Kumite. it's like blood sport just holds up, you dude. Know, it's uh, and that guy that with like the cross eye, the Asian guy who was in like a bunch of bad guy movies back then. The, the main bad guy. No, the main guy, bad guy is Chung Lee. Chung Lee, yeah, yeah. The, the big, the yeah, huge with the, he has side. like the one eye. No, 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 you're no, thinking of Kickboxer. That's kickboxer, yeah. That's kickboxer. kickboxer. No, Chung Lee has, has a weird eye, right? No, I don't think so. I think you're oh, thinking I of Kickboxer. Really. But yeah, the, and, no, I'm picturing Chung Lee in my head because I feel like he was the bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I'm like like wrapping your fists and then di- like dipping him into things. No, of that's blue. Kickboxer. No, yeah, it is. yeah that's Kickboxer. That's Kickboxer. Kickboxers when they dip. They're the same movie. <laughs> Kickboxers when they dip their hands in glass. Yeah, and because fight. remember the uh, Hot Shots Part Wait, Two. They do. They, uh, they dip them in like chocolate and M and M's and like gummy bears. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait. So which is okay? No. Bloodsport is Chun Li. He's like the yeah. big guy. Yeah, he's he's got the like weird. I and Wait, and so uh, and the uh, booger from Nerds is in it or ogre from Nerds. Right, that's yeah. <laughs> is in Bloodsport. Right, that's because so he plays o- John Duke. Right, ogre is the one, and he's like, who gets, I'm, yeah, he gets beat up. He gets beat up. He's got zero <laughs> skill. I don't know how he <laughs> makes right. it into the right, elite. So that's number one. It's that's a number one. Bloodsport slash kickboxer. We don't know which one. No, well, it's Bloodsport, blood but with no, the no, idea no. that they dip their right, exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. It's Bloodsport with that one scene. With that one scene. Okay, yeah. okay. Like if they could do that, and throw in a couple of John Rambo um, scenes in there somewhere, and we're good. <laughs> uh, number two is uh, called The Kid with the Golden Arm. It's a Shaw Brothers kung fu movie. Mm, I don't know that one. Uh, mm. I believe from the 70s. Is a kid that, with a literal golden arm? Uh, he, it, it's it's unclear why this would be a good power, but it's, but like, so he's supposed to have gold <laughs> you in, can block. inside his... Oh, bl- yeah, gold's but, kind but, of a it, soft it's metal. Soft, exactly. So it's like kind of... Like well, you don't want to punch idea. gold. But, but no, it's like everyone has these powers in it. So he has, like, he has golden arms and then there's iron head... Yeah, like, well, Iron Head definitely wow. beats yeah, Golden yeah. Arms. There's Iron Head, I think there's Silver that Spear. Destro? There's Big Axe and Little Axe. Like they all have these awesome names. Mm. And I think all, I'd mm. rather be Big Axe out of all those. But then the main guy is like the guy who is you know drinks the giant jug of wine and then is super awesome at like <laughs> adamantium <Fu>. man. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Golden Arm. And then the third one is Rock and Rule. Which Ooh, is what's a, rock a, and rule? Rock, rock and rule is an rule. animated movie, bizarre, dystopian sci-fi animated movie featuring the voices of Corey Haim of and Lou Corey Reed, Iggy Pop, what? and Debbie Harry. Yeah, mm, and, interesting. And they all sing. I love some they Lou Reed. Sing, they sing like crazy songs in it. Nice. Uh, my number three would be Eight Legged Freaks. Oh, I saw it. I, I love that oh, movie. Like, movie. it's a movie that it. It knows it's bad and it just rolls with it. And it's, it, what's I just his have face from Scream it. in that? Yes, David Arquette. Yeah, yes, David Arquette David was Arquette. in it. I knew that. That's right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Another like one that I love that I could watch anytime it's on is Hudson Hawk. It's my all-time favorite Ooh, Bruce Willis movie. It's a good one. Love that Never movie. So Hold much. on, of all the Bruce Willis of movies, all the Bruce Willis, literally all Die the Hard, Bruce Willis, Willis movies. Hudson Hudson Hawk. I love Hudson. Love 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 Hudson Hawk. That's back when he had hair. 
Hey, he did have some hair. Yes. Yes. Interesting. All right. Hudson Hawk. Last one. Tango and Cash. Oh, I love Tango and Cash. And, and it's what I, I have seen a thousand times. Yeah, when it whenever Tango you're like on cable and it, it's on. And cash. Yes, exactly. And he puts the mice and we all get it from what's going on. <laughs> you don't remember Tango what? and Cash? Like Kurt Russell, Sylvester so Stallone. I feel I'm getting confused with like Harley Davidson, the Marlboro Man. Ooh, that's no, another. That's another pretty better. good one. That's another pretty or good like, one. Or, or, and or like, Turner and Hooch. Is it what, different? And, is it different although, than Turner? Uh, a little bit different. When's than the last time you saw Tango and Cash? Uh, probably about a year ago. Okay, it is definitely not politically correct for uh, today's no, no, time. No, 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 no. A lot of those movies uh, from that time are not. Well, like Absolutely the jokes not. they make, you're like, oh, that's not even funny now. It's That's just actually pretty wrong. Uh, and yeah. you're probably the reason we got to where we are as a society <laughs> because we allow jokes like this to happen. I mean, I, I, love, uh, I love Kurt Russell. But um, it's, it's one of those things. I just, I've always liked the idea of the, you know, the crazy cop and the clean cop yeah. getting together yeah. to... Cap some more or whatever <laughs> they do. They always. And, right, if, and if I did honorable mentions, any John Carpenter movie with Kurt Russell, I can watch. I, this is why we probably missed the Cinemaiden being here because she's a younger generation. Mm. But we all get the idea of nothing on TV, but this is on. We're going right, to watch right, this. Right, right, yeah. Or you know yeah, what? Yeah. There's nothing on, but I got five VHS tapes, and the well, one I'm picking is this one. Yeah. So... We get guilty pleasures, but has guilty pleasure not now become hmm. more TV show binging unless I'm going to watch this movie? Because I feel like now I, it's I, like... I think I, I agree with I you I feel on like that. now it's like, you know what? I don't feel like picking something. I'm going to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm going to watch yeah. Dirty Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to watch, watch an episode so, of this. Or, I, no, you're right. I definitely like have TV shows that I watch that I'm yeah. like the whole time I'm watching So that's it. my like, question. This is just, terrible. What's the one show? Just one show. Anyone that you throw out that you're like, hey, I, this is what I'm just going to default to. Instead of binging, this is my default show into the badlands oh yeah you've said it's that awful. before uh, <laughs> it's really bad it's on amazon prime it no it's on uh, like amc i think oh. amc but it's awful but it's got like you know kung fu and swords and you've got me almost watching it no it's on netflix and then well it's now on netflix yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i usually don't default to a tv show so there you isn't like a, a TV g- show, no usually I'll go and see like what bad horror movies there are on like Netflix or Prime or something and throw something like that on or two different. If I'm like, there's one show that I watch. I think I mentioned it last time, last episode. I hate that I watch it, but I still got to keep watching it as every new episode of Walking Dead. Mm. It's a it's a horrible show, but I keep watching it. But my default is, you know what? It's late. I don't feel like picking anything is Brooklyn Nine Nine. I love it. It makes me laugh every time. <laughs> That Jake Peralta, he's funny. Anyways, what? Well, if you have any guilty pleasures Should out I there, have said the room. <laughs> no, see that's okay. that, that was we, we were walking. That would have been razor, a common one. We were walking the razor's edge with yeah. this question yes. because it implies right. Head to wearethecinemaguys.com and let us know some movies that you love to watch late at night or you know when you're just hanging out or the guilty movies that you like to watch. All right, before we jump in the interview, I want to say anyone in Cincinnati, don't forget to head out to the Esquire November 9th. We're going to be hosting Bill and Ted's Bogus and Journey. And you know what? Head out to the Esquire. Yeah, any Other night. Too. Any night. You know? Always promoting good film. Yeah. Yeah. So Caleb and I got the opportunity to talk to Greg Sestero. He was on, he's doing a tour <sighs> for Cinemate Best Friends. I did not get this opportunity. And he was in Austin. So sad. And we got to do a phone interview with him. So let's... uh. Let's go ahead and jump in and listen to that. 
So we have a special guest this week, Greg Sestero, who you may know from The Room, a best-selling author of The Disaster Artist, which the film was based on. And he now has a new movie, Best Friends Volume 1 and 2, which he wrote, produced, and is co-starring in. I would like to welcome welcome Greg to the show. Welcome in. Hey, glad to be here. So what was your inspiration for, for Best Friends? So Best Friends is so, sort of like... 15 years in the making in a lot of ways because it was inspired by a road trip Tommy and I took after we made The Room. Uh, in 2003, we, we drove up the California coast to uh, the small town of Bodega Bay where the Hitchcock filmed The Birds. And we were, uh, Tommy was intrigued by this mortuary that was up there that was supposed to be haunted. And so we took this long drive up the, up the coast, you know, windy roads, a lot of fog. And uh, it was late, and I didn't feel like driving back. So we we uh, grabbed a motel in town. There was, like, one room left. And I told Tommy, like, you know, stay in the car, meet me around back. Because I didn't want – I didn't think he'd get the room if he walked in. And so he thought that was – I the reason behind that is because I was planning on potentially killing him. So <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so it started there. And then really over the years, you know, I got a chance to write The Disaster Artist and, you know, it's finally the first project that I've ever really had creative control over, you know, and then the, the film got made. And then I was kind of at a point where I was like, I, I want to continue to create. And I've never really tried to make a film or, or, or venture out into that world. And so late one night, I, I sat down, had an edible and started writing a story. And uh, in four days, I had the whole thing written and mapped out and I really felt like it could work you know and a big part of that was getting Tommy to agree to be in it because the part was written for him and it wouldn't yeah. work unless he was in it so he was into it and he just I figured he was going to be like well, I need to read the script I need to see this I need to see that you know what the only thing he really uh cared about was that he and I were the same height in the movie <laughs> interesting <laughs> okay and I'm like, okay, we can we can make that work. Uh, and so we went and got platform heels made, and it added a, a nice touch to his character. And um, I was actually going to ask about the heels in the movie because we've seen volume one, we haven't seen volume two yet. But that was one of the first things as we watched, like was was Tommy's shoes. Yeah, they were a great touch. Again, Tommy has a, a way of really uh, making things happen. His his instincts and impulses are very very interesting, and they they work well you know, when you capture them, but, uh, you know, and then best friends was also, you know, movies I've loved over the years, like Nightcrawler, Drive, Double Indemnity, kind of those noir thrillers. And I thought, what an interesting chance to, to put Tommy in a role that fits him and, and shoot something much different to the room. And I was excited to try to do just to do something different. And how was it working with Tommy just as, as co-stars where he wasn't behind the camera this time, it wasn't his movie, his directing, you were just, just two actors, just uh, just going at this role. Was it was it any different? Um, I really I, I really enjoyed it. I think it was it was more pleasurable for me to to just focus on Tommy being an actor, showing up. Okay. You know, I was really trying to get something interesting out of him, something serious, something that he would be proud of, and he was too. So that made it a lot more engaging, I think, for everyone rather than. You know, a lot of times you see Tommy and things and they're sort of kind of poking fun at him or trying to kind of recreate what he does in the room. And yeah. none of that really works unless he's being authentic. And that was really the goal was to go out and make a film that, you know, could be a surprise for our our, our, our audience. 
and and Tom Tommy is you know he's very passionate and it really shows in his performance and he's like he like gets into it does that really like energize you to like see him and like I need to I need to step step it up just because he's so you know into his role um yeah no he he brings a lot of passion he brings a lot of uh you know he can he can be very manic at times in a way that <laughs> gets the ball gets the ball rolling and yeah. um and so I um I, yeah no I was excited by it and you know obviously putting a, a film together is is really tough and you need passionate people and uh, we had a we had a great team, and and I think uh, we allowed Tommy to to be himself and really respect the process of of him um, trying to give a part that I think as an actor people would walk away from and be like, wow, I think he you know he's got a Klaus Kinski touch to him. You know, he, he can be a character actor. I, I think you know play, he plays a mortician who uh, possibly has a, a vampire backstory, which what a what a perfect. <laughs> What a perfect fit, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Great. Uh, Greg, this is Caleb. Um, I'm just wondering, you mentioned that you wrote the part for Tommy. And I'm wondering when you were filming, um, both you and Tommy, uh, how often did, did each of you ad lib and sort of just take the general parameters of the scene, but, you know, kind of take it where it might go? Um, I mean, here's the thing. I, you know, I wrote this with having 20 years of experience being friends with Tommy. So a lot of it is stuff we would say to each other even if we're in a different world or a different setting, it's, I still know kind of the way we interact with each other. So, you know, a lot of the dialogue is easier to remember in, in that, in that regard. You know, there were times he did go off script, you know, in particular when he's talking about a Chinese food scene, which was <laughs> very, very strange, but I thought, uh, <laughs> but I thought, why not? As long as he was being you know, true to, to the character and not trying to kind of go for the laugh. It was fine. But, yeah. you know, he, we rehearsed every night and he, um, you know, he really wanted to do justice to whatever the script was. And so, you know, for the most part, it was pretty much scripted. Was this originally planned as a two volumes when you originally wrote it? No, I had written, I'd written it as one story. And, okay. and the, the way they come together, they're so different in style and tone. Uh, that I just felt it was better served if they were separate films. Uh, you know, some great characters in part two, a really beautiful setting. And it just was a little bit too much to cram into one film. And I just, the more we tested it, the more we realized that, you know, they work very well together as a double feature with like a 20 minute break and maybe okay. a beer or a, or a stiff drink or something. <laughs> but, but it, it just, yeah, I think it worked better for the story to kind of have a break in between and kind of digest the strangeness of, of both films. Now, did did you ever have thoughts of directing this movie that you wrote, or did you always have either someone in mind, or did it just happen to work out? Because I know you had Justin McGregor who directed it, and he, I mean, he had, hasn't at least done a lot that I've I have seen. Um, yeah, no, I <laughs> never directed before. I never written a screenplay before, so that. That was heading into, you know, Tommy Wiseau territory there. Um, <laughs> so I really didn't want to do everything here. And I'd met Justin through a mutual friend. And okay. Justin was a, a young film film director who, uh, you know, saw, he'd seen The Room when he was like 16. And, you know, he really he really got it. He thought, of, you know, it was very strange and, and, and interesting. But he also loves good films and, you know, good directors. And we, we both really connected on on that aspect of making a movie for room fans that they would like, but also kind of taking it 
you know, a little bit more seriously. And so I think that was what we were, uh, what we were trying to do. Well, I love, I mean, you mentioned sort of kind of paying tribute to other films and to noir in particular. And I was just wondering, I'm, I'm, I'm actually an English teacher. And so when Of Mice and Men comes into play in the movie and sort of there's the, the, the scene where you have, um, you know, after that time in Vegas and you're holding Of Mice and Men and discussing the significance of, of that book as the character, I'm just wondering, you know, how did that come to be in the movie? Is that a book that's of significance to you? Uh, did that book in any way influence, you know, your your thinking about the relationship between uh, John and Harvey in the movie? Yeah, a little bit of everything. I think it's definitely reflective of, of John and Harvey in the film. And it's something that Tommy and I discussed early on when we first met doing scenes from With Mice and Men. And uh, it's just something that I was, I was writing the script. It's something that I felt that these two guys are just kind of trying to find a place. And yeah, it ties in more in part two as well. So I don't want to give away anything, okay. but uh, yeah. yeah, no, I felt, I felt like it was a good, a good balance of, of who these guys were. And is that uh, when you and Tommy first met, that was in, uh, in acting class doing scenes from of mice and men. Yeah. He was playing uh, Lenny. <laughs> okay. Uh, in a scene. And we were always discussing to him the story and all that. So interesting. Wow. Um, okay. <laughs> Quick question I have on the title, the the uh, best friends, but the R is in parentheses, so you could almost see it as fiends. Was that like, is there a story behind that? Like maybe in part two or? Oh, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of a, a little bit of a nod to the the Warner Herzog documentary, uh, My Best Fiend, about you know these two guys that are have been the closest friends that have brought so many things to each other, but at the same time they're still an edge. They're still not kind of this polished. Okay, you know, happy bromance. It's, there's always an edge there, and I very much saw that in our friendship, as as Werner Herzog did. And so it's a little bit of a a nod to that. Now, I when I first started writing the story late one night, I that's the first thing I put on the page, and I didn't really think too much about it. It was just there. Interesting. And uh, and so I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to rethink the title. And Tommy's like, no, 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 no. This is a great title. You should follow your first instinct. You give, <laughs> and I figured, why not? Let's just roll with it. So, so <laughs> I'm curious. Um, I mean, I'm, I, you know, you know that people are going to, you know, say it's 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 Tommy and Greg are back again. You know, they they did the room. This is great that they're doing something together again, and. I'm wondering, knowing that that was going to be, you know, at least part of the audience that would be interested in the film, if there were any thoughts of, you know, contacting Juliette Danielle to be the girlfriend in the film. Um, I mean, this was really kind of its own thing for the most part. It was just like, again, I, I was thinking of going out and kind of making a, a, you know, bizarre noir film that was something people could turn on and wherever. And if they didn't know the room, they could kind of get lost in it or be curious by it. So. I was, you know, my goal was to go kind of step outside the room a little bit and yeah, and, and take, take some risks in, in that regard. So there wasn't ever really a thought of like, oh, let's tie back into the room. I was trying to kind of blaze, blaze a new path. No, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It, and being so tied to the room, is it hard? Has it been hard to try to pull away from it to be like, you know, it, I have, I have other stories. I have other things that I'm not just tied to this. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting dynamic in this business because it's a, you know, one shot in a million to get into something that oh, yeah. works. Yeah. And, and so it's, so everyone's kind of clamoring for that. You know, ideally you, you get into something that, you know, is the, is, is, you know, it's a top tier 
film, like a Back to the Future. I mean, it's still going to be hard once you're in something that people love that much. It's going to be very hard to break away um, in any way. So, I mean, first off, I think you got to be thankful that you're even in something that people want to see. So I think, you know, that's, that's what I looked at at first. And then I'm like, okay, is this movie going to help in regards to acting? And, and, you know, the answer was quickly, probably not. I still, you know, I got into this business because I love storytelling. And so I, I look back and I'm like, this is a great story. This is, this is a, I saw this as an Oscar caliber backstory of this friendship I had with Tommy and the making of this crazy movie that ends up winning in a lot of ways. So, you know, I approached it with just a love of storytelling and, and, I, and I've continued to kind of do the same thing. You know, and that's what, what I try to do with best friends. And I think your audience, you know, will follow you to different places if, if you put out work that is interesting and compelling enough so that they want to see something new. You know, I think a lot of times yeah. people kind oh, of yeah. stay in the zone of like, oh, this works. Why don't I just continue to just, just to do that? But, you know, if you have more to say, I think, you know, there's been a few people that have branched out and while people still love that particular movie, they're still able to make things that are current and, and, relative to what people want to see now. And so I think Best Friends, especially Volume 2, really kind of is a different different flavor. And I think so far people that have seen Volume 2 and test screenings and the premiere, you know, pleasantly surprised. It's not what they expect. And it's actually, you know, a film that that's not tied to the room, you know, in any way. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, really, it's really up to you of how you take the responsibility and the opportunity to um, continue to create in a way that people can see you for more than you know this weird cult movie that you made you know years ago <laughs> and, and what uh what's next for you like what's after you know best friends all the the, the travels and the screenings kind of dies down what what do you have coming up next um i want to make a horror film so that is that is my favorite genre so yeah that is what i'm that's what i'm, I'm working on developing now and um, i'm really uh I'm really excited to, to try to do that. And just, you know, I, I realized making best friends one volume one and volume two, that the biggest rewards you're going to have is creating and in the process of creating. It's not the premiere. It's not all that stuff. It's really being on location, being with a group of people and trying to tell a story. Yeah. And, and so that's, uh, you know, that's what I want to con- continue to do. Awesome. I love it. That's fantastic. Well, I can say that we, we really enjoyed volume one and are definitely yeah. looking forward to, I, I'm, it's driving me crazy that I have to, I have to wait till <laughs> I think January 19th to, uh, to get it online, but, uh, or else travel to, uh, I don't, I don't know where I have to, I have to travel fairly far. It's not, there's, I've been looking, there's nowhere near Cincinnati at the moment. So <laughs> I'm looking yeah, forward to it. I think there's like it. Burlington, Iowa, Kansas city, but yeah, no, uh, I'd love to come, come up there and, um, you know, I think I think the way to see these films, the way to see Volume One, Volume Two, ideally is with an audience. I think it's again, it's it's not you oh, know, absolutely. It's not there's not spoons being thrown, but I think the laughs and the vibe <laughs> is something you want to experience with the with your best friends. No pun intended. Well, we actually we we gathered uh, we gathered an audience together uh, the day that Volume One came out um, online. We 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 made a uh, we made we made a we gathering made a party of, it. of it. Yeah. yeah, we made a party of it because I think you're exactly right. That's well, that's really cool. I think that's the way to do it. I mean, that's kind of the goal when you make these movies is to, you know, the, the fans of the room and, and a lot of these cult films are what 
make it fun, you know? And so when you make these movies, you want to kind of reward your fans for supporting you. So I'm really, really glad to hear that. So on our, on our show, Greg, we do uh, a segment called top this, where we kind of give a top list. If you're up for it, I would love to to have you give us a, a, a top this. The, uh, in yeah, this, you got it. In this episode, we're going to do our top, basically, guilty pleasure movies, kind of those movies that other people don't like, but you're like, I love this or I, I enjoy watching this. We usually just okay. do like a top three. Um, so it has to be like what are considered not good movies. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kind of like a, a guilty pleasure. Like, you know, is there a those movies that you love watching that other people are just like, you know, I either don't enjoy that or that's not my thing or okay yeah okay that's good i so so there's a 1991 film called johnny suede starring brad pitt that is really uh bizarre and i and <laughs> i think nobody really got it and i discovered it on late night on channel 11 about 20 years ago and fell in love with it and it was sort of my first you know good bad movie okay. that i that i really liked and then there's another movie called private resort the johnny depp film from the 80s where he's like trying to meet these girls and Hector Ellen Zito's in it it's just really a weird kind of resort comedy that is uncomfortable and I tried to show it to my dad growing up and he's like where did you find this thing um, and then I, I really like a couple Fairly Brothers movies from the 90s now I know Dumb and Dumber was a pretty big hit you know I showed it to some people I thought it was kind of cheesy or it corny might- but my co-host Justin, who isn't here today, he hates that movie, and I'm. We always have this argument uh, okay. how much I love it. I mean, I I it, I watched it on the plane coming back from Australia over the summer, and I was laughing out loud. And I was, you know, obviously 1994, but reliving it, it totally worked. And then I re- rewatched another movie from the 90s by the Fairley Brothers that I also loved back in that time. There's something about Mary. Oh yes, um, yes. And I just thought like. I don't know. It's just something about that time. Maybe it'd be interesting to see what people think of it now. But uh, I just thought those movies, there's something kind of goofy and off about them that just really work. Well, and um, yeah, I, so, so those are kind of my, those are kind of my guilty pleasures. Okay. Those, those are great. I was just actually uh, dumb and dumber was probably the first movie, the first, what I would call inappropriate movie that I introduced my young <laughs> son to where I'm like, I don't think his mom's going to approve of this. And, uh, I've been just this past week. I had a long conversation with someone about how brilliant there's something about Mary is, and I'm like, I think it's time. My son's 13. I said, I think it's time. I think it's time for there's something about Mary. Yeah, it's definitely. There's a lot of things that are really inappropriate and really uncomfortable, and I think, um, yeah, I think it's. I don't know. It's the fair. Fairly Brothers haven't done anything that recently, have they? Uh, I don't think I they have really. Like, I think they've kind of kind of faded down a little. Or if they have, it's probably completely off the radar that nobody has picked up. Okay. Well, I want to thank you, thank you, Greg, for for coming on and and talking to us. It's been it's been awesome. Hey, really, yeah, thank really you for having it. me, and thank you, uh, you know, thank you for supporting the films, and uh, let's get something in. Uh, Get some going up in Ohio. Yes, I would love. I would love to have have a, a screening here in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I, I've noticed. You know, with touring a lot, it's a lot of times the smaller cities and smaller venues that people really appreciate and get excited for. Once again, Greg, I want to thank you so much for coming on and have a, have a good time at the screening tonight in Austin. 
I will. I will. Thanks again, guys. All Appreciate right. it. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Have a good one. Okay. Take care. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye. Well, I want to thank Greg again for talking to and us. It was so pretty awesome. awesome. I am so sad that I did not get to be a part of that no, conversation. You were off but at a I am so game glad that these cinema guys did get to yeah, be a part it of was, it. It was it was great, and he was he was super awesome yeah. to talk to. I love that I got texts from both of you guys going, "He was so cool. It he was. was so he nice. Was. He was like, incredibly yeah. generous." With yeah. His oh yeah. Yeah, and hopefully. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Hopefully we can yeah, get him we here get with him uh, here in Cincinnati. Best Friends Volume 2. And hanging out with us, having <laughs> some coffee, drinking some beers, <laughs> talking about, you know. Stuff. Cincinnati. <laughs> he j- wrote, produced, and stars in Best Friends Volume 1 and 2. We're going to just talk about Volume 1. That's all that we have seen thus far. Volume 2 is touring in theaters right now. Hopefully we can get it here, but it comes out next year. January 19th online. So we... (sighs) There's a lot to talk about. (laughs) You, Justin, just watched it today. Yes, today. Right. As uh, the date of this recording. All right. And being someone... So real quick, back history. Caleb, how many years? Two, three years ago? Showed me the room. Longer than that. Yeah, really longer than that. I don't know. I was, I feel it was like, like I feel it's it, like two years. I feel like you were an early adopter. I feel <laughs> like you had heard the rumors from like Catherine Zeta Jones or whoever was like whoever was like floating around this movie because you were like, dude, have you heard of this movie? I was like, no. You're like, people think it's crazy. You should watch it. And we watched the room, and I, I it has to be at least four, if not more, years ago, because it was enough okay. time for it. Two, two, no, three years ago, we went and saw the Rift Tracks version. Oh, good point. And I had yeah. seen that. Yeah. I had seen the room two years before okay. the Rift yeah. Tracks version. So it had to be at least five years ago. So, Caleb, early Which adopter. You, you fell in love with after seeing. Oh, or- yeah. You had the DVD. You were like, yes. it was like a coveted copy. Like, <laughs> man, this is. Man, I, a friend of mine had. I got this. I've shown it to a couple of friends. I'm going to show it to you now. And I remember watching it being did he like, like pull it, did he like bring it down out of a case and open it up? And be it like, was just we are going it was to now. Like, I'm going to now show this to you. It was sort of like, dude, you and and your description, which I still hold true. Uh, if an alien had come to Earth and looked at some American TV and now decided to write a show about what American life would be like, this is the room, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I said. I I, I think I was like. Yeah, some alien comes from another planet and observes humans interact for like, I don't know, 20 minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> and then it's like, uh, here's how humans right. work. And so, <laughs> and, you know, I, it's crazy. I liked it. I was like, what's this going on? You know, and then the hype started not too long after that, which made me feel kind of cool. I was like, oh, man, I was in a little bit before. Well, but it's way older than that. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and we were still late to that. And then obviously the disaster artist, which I thought was. I put it in my top five movies of last year. Disaster Artist oh, was, was great. amazing. I loved it. I couldn't stop laughing. Um, what really well done. So I sort of, with all that, knew what was coming with best free. So what do you say? Fiends? Friends? Do you say friends? Do you, you know, say never, they are? Do you say we they never are? asked him. Yeah, we that that was one of the one questions I wanted to ask. It's like, do you say we, they are or do you not? No, he never said how you're supposed to say it. And then that's when he he had that was the first way he wrote it on the paper. And, right. then, t- and then he, he went into the it. Tommy impersonation where he's like, Tommy is like, just just leave it. 
It is definitely not what I expected. I think I, I expected. No, I I, so what, I, what did you expect from it? I think I expected them. Like room 2.0? Uh, Greg and Tommy, maybe probably more Greg, coming out of, man, people really like this movie. They like the best friend. Uh, they like the uh, disaster artist movie. Let's make something that actually is something. And I, what do you I, mean? I, I, I don't know. That is something I, 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 I don't ex- understand the. I think I was expecting actually a better, a better movie. Like I was expecting, like, oh man, now that they like you know have really become a known thing, they're gonna go make a kind of a really good movie about being friends. About because the one thing the disaster artist did for me because after watching the room, I thought Tommy Wiseau was a crazy person. Yes. But after watching Disaster Artist, I only had love for Tommy Wiseau. Like, oh my gosh, what a great guy. He, he's just he was. He's passionate and he just wanted to I make had a love movie for him. And just like then so I like so I guess I did I give more credit where credit I was like so when I'm watching this I'm like okay, well as I started watching Disaster Artist I was like are we just going back to like how are we make are we, best friends. are we doing Austin Powers 2? Are we making the same jokes that we made in Austin Powers 1 <laughs> that's not as funny anymore because we've already seen those jokes. So Tommy being Tommy wasn't as funny anymore because I was like, oh, okay, I guess, I, he, yeah, he says weird things. But I have questions about what he well, says in the movie too. Well, but. I mean, it's Greg, you know, t- it's Tommy being Tommy, but Greg said in the interview that he wrote this as based on a trip he took with Tommy and he wrote that role for Tommy in the lines, knowing that he's known, you know, been friends with Tommy for right. 20 years, okay. that Don't he wrote cut. this just for him. The lines for Tommy Wiseau were actually written. There's no way I believe that. We asked how much ad-libbing did you do, did, did like Tommy or you do in this movie? And he said that there was basically only one scene that was ad-libbed. Which one? Which one? Where he's the racist one, where he's talking about the Chinese oh, the food. the Chinese man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, <laughs> you know, all Chinese like, people are like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. But that's like one of like several, like especially when he's interacting with the guy who's coming to buy the gold teeth. <laughs> I'm like, this actor had no idea what this dude was going to say. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm amazed that. I mean, then that's good. Then I then I actually want to take back what I said. That's pretty good writing. If you're writing those Tommy and lines, that's pretty amazing because I, I there's I'm, no there's no guess, part of me watching that movie that didn't think, okay, Greg Sestero had his lines. Every actress, the the woman, she had well, her lines, but Tommy Wiseau had no lines. I know and he you just went, and everyone you just you weren't in the interview, but he. He said, you know, he wrote this role for Tommy and it was for Tommy. Right. And, and he's when we asked about ad libbing, he said that just one scene was ad libbed and it was a weird they, scene. He was really they, re- they rehearsed it every night. They rehearsed what was coming up every night. So I'm wondering if like, you know, as you're making well, movies, there was probably one time with the, the guy buying the gold teeth. Where the guy was talking, Tommy interrupts, and the guy goes, uh, well, anyways, as I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was like, there were a few, few kind of weird, like, weird stuff like and that. And so my thing is, if those are written in, bravo to the writers, <laughs> because that's really good, because it tricked me. Well, he, I mean, he did say that, uh, you know, Greg did say in the interview, you know, the stuff that I wrote for Tommy is like, 
you know, we've been friends forever. And so the, I know how he talks and I know how we talk about things. That so makes I sort sense. of that wrote, makes sense. I wrote in things like that would be what Tommy would say. And he, and okay. he, he said they would rehearse them at night. So maybe it was one of those like, they'd be like, oh, let's do it like this. But it's probably just between those two. So when you bring in other actors, they're not knowing that if something got maybe changed, that's it, yeah. that those people don't know. Other but, things, but, but let's talk about that scene where the person comes. He just shows up with two girls, two girls, just randomly. And like Tommy feels them up for a second. <laughs> he's got to check odd. for. He's got to check for guns, and she's like, "Do you think I can fit a gun in this dress?" See that that those are all the parts where I'm like, "This, there's no way this was written." Like he's just sort of going, and then. Hold on. So let's let's just actually talk about the plot. Let's not talk about Tommy Wizzo as a person for that. Let's just talk about the plot. I know hey, it's hard to not jump do, to Tommy. Is but. gold teeth really a thing? Can you really sell teeth? The website that he goes to in the movie, as we were watching it, we're like, oh, let's see if this is a real website. We went to it. it, it it's it's real. It's, a real it's an actual site. It's the same site they went to, laid out the same way. And they're buying teeth they or buy gold? gold teeth? Only gold teeth. Gold. And so Tommy gold. has been a mortician for years. long enough. And are you allowed to snag people's teeth, or people just you're, don't care? I don't think you're not. You're supposed. Well, I think to. he's just been doing it, but no one really notices. Well, I when think you one of the things that's things that's really unclear about it's the movie basically is basically grave like, robbing. Is like, is like I don't think any of the uh, corpses ever actually leave the mortuary in the movie. It seems like <laughs> they kind of come in, and he like takes out gold teeth, and then he puts weird masks oh, on them. Hey, but can we also <laughs> agree that the mask never actually looked like Greg Sestero? There was one scene where it, the whole time I, it I was like, did. "Is that you?" Was I? Now that you said it's you, I'm like, "Okay, I guess that's you." But like, even when she looks in the bag, I'm like, "That still okay. doesn't look I, like I him." Think, I think it looks like Greg Sestero as much as like if you see, you know, like On the, any white person. No, if you see like the um, like the horror movies where they like you know take someone's face off and wear Maybe. their face, face <laughs> kind of like. Off. Uh, also, they never show how he's making these masks, but he's pretty damn good at it. Yeah, like he's the, really, when he makes the Greg mask. Like, like in Mission oh, Impossible, I just, I just made they it make masks like that, and it's a computer that makes it. Like, <laughs> So the fact that he's doing it is pretty amazing. He's got a lot um, of... Well, so that happens. In the interview, he... <laughs> I guess I never saw the movie being <laughs> so being a fiendish as I, much as I saw it being friendish. So like... Uh, this girl, I actually looked her up on IMDb. The actress plays the girlfriend. Mer- she was a mermaid in Pirates of the yeah, Caribbean. Yeah, she did. Like, she's done a lot of smaller uh, parts. But like, she's evil apparently. But so they watch the black and white movies, and I love that they don't ever say the name. It's not like, oh, I love watching Casablanca. It's like I love watching black no, and white. No, they do. No, right? they, he mentioned double double indemnity. Because she mentioned at one point, like, oh, oh I, let's go back I to your place and watch Double Black Indemnity. and White movie and, several times. And Greg loves, like, those noir thrillers Got like it. that. And he, he, in his interview, he what? mentioned it. And I thought it was awesome that it's actually put in the movie. And there's a picture of uh, James Dean hung Got on it. her wall. Like, he put well, and there's a little There's a nods. comment where it's like, oh, in the very end, you don't know who to trust. Yes. And so obviously that's what happened in the end of this film. So there was some... And apparently Volume 2 is a very different movie well, than this one. Well, it looked one, like so it if that was a preview at the end. I don't know if that I, was a preview I, I don't or know. if that was a well, weird... And, and you say, like, you know, in the, in the interview you just heard where he sort of talks about, you know, that he ends up 
they end up being, I think they say they're being very stylistically different. Like yes, that, that, yes. That, that those two things, it's like, oh yeah, I mean, they, they go together really well, but they're so stylistically different. That's like, yeah, you got to split yeah, them. Yeah. So what I was going to say about the cinematography, there was some, a couple of scenes, especially in the mortuary itself where I'm like, oh man, what a crisp, clear, cool shot of the table of the corpse, whatever. But then once you get towards the end, like the slow-mo shots where it's like when, when he's contemplating pushing Tommy off the cliff. Yeah. Like, and it's this weird stop. Where, where it's like picture. he's taking some frames out, so it kind of but it's, it's a slow, lot. They do but it, it's like I mean, it's yeah. probably ten minutes of <laughs> of taking frames out. That's odd to me. I was what like, about when they he's getting good. ready to push him, and when they like touch, it's like this weird, almost like a a color flash type thing. Like oh, it t- totally reminded me of Dracula when he tried to choke him. Like <laughs> Tommy tried to choke him a couple times. I was like, that's totally Dracula. But my, oh, I love the uh, the oh, I think probably the only special effect in the show in the movie was the shadow hitting the water. Did you see that? The shadow of Tommy hitting the water. There was very long. I I think there was probably three or four of them that I counted, like long scenes of no dialogue, just things happening. Yeah, like selling. And I know you. You, I think, had a different experience watching it than we did. Yeah, I like did watch we, it. We by watched myself. it. We yeah, we watched it with a group of people. So it was just kind of it was more fun because you, you know you're watching yeah, it and yeah, you're I like I was looking for the fun and the whole oh, time was I was totally like this fun. movie's not fun. This movie is serious. This is like some I, I thought they were I was waiting for them to murder the girl. I okay. thought for a while I was like, Oh, they're totally murdering this girl <laughs> uh because she's gonna find out what they're doing and she doesn't like it and they murder her and they take her teeth too or something. <laughs> that that sort of where I was like, Oh no, they're murdering Tommy. And yeah, I'd say I thought like it was better than I thought it was going to be. I found myself like completely engaged the whole time. Like I was always like, "What's going to happen and, next? And what's going to happen next?" I've watched yeah. it. I've watched it again since you know watching it with a group of people. Like it's definitely even Greg in the interview you just heard said that that's watching it with and other probably, people. That, like that watching definitely it in the theater is probably true. You probably should it watch you, it with people because I watched it by myself. Expecting fun. The room was fun, right? I watched the, the room. room with, the, the room I wa- would not be fun by yourself. Right. You watch- and I watched the room <laughs> yeah. the first time with someone else. Yeah. And the second time I watched it was with a riff tracks theater. Yeah. Everyone laughing, gut busting, laughing. Like, so this time I watched it and it was by myself. And I just was expecting fun. So I didn't laugh at the Tommy lines. And there were some weird ones. Uh, the weirdest, the weirdest line, which I don't know if you guys brought up. I, I hope you did, but, and this is why I think it's amazing if he actually wrote these lines. I am not going to help you out if you go to prison. I'll just bring you some oranges. <laughs> like that's his line. I'm not going to do anything if you go to prison. I will bring you some oranges, though. And then I'm like, yeah, no one wrote that line. That is a ad lib line. That's, that's just Tommy that talking. Was thrown yeah. in there the whole time. I was like. 
Okay, if you go to prison, I'll bring you oranges. Well, but and, I, I got the impression that with Greg that he, you know, while he's very clear that he's not trying to, like, make the room again or... But but so, clearly, but, uh, so, for instance, the basketball scene yes, yes, is yes. a throwback sure, to the room. Sure, right? there, there are a couple of throwbacks to the room, but I, but I think that he is conscious of, like, this idea of a cult movie. And that, like, I think, you know, when he's talking about that, this is something you watch which, with people. With this people. is something that you laugh together and you kind of laugh. Like, I don't think he's trying to make a comedy, even though apparently uh, in iTunes, iTunes, says iTunes it's a comedy. Is listed uh, as a comedy. Dude, he was oh. the most homeless, homeless I've ever seen, covered in blood, and like <laughs> with his funny signs, with his signs. His, yep, and like this, the shots of him like real seriously, like standing up and looking at the sun as he's homeless. <laughs> yeah, it definitely had its comedic elements. But but I think it's, I mean, I think it is trying to be something that's like, you know, hey, this is a communal so experience that, of watching it. But it's like, it's seriously, the room, I own the room, as you point out. I think I could probably make it maybe four minutes into that right. movie on my own. I totally thought there'd be a sex scene. It's like, well, apparently they appreciate <laughs> sex scenes, weird ones. But it I, I, I agree with you. I think it is, it is definitely just like the room. You need to watch it right. with. I mean, well, I, so I've only seen the room I guess by that's myself. What I, thought. I thought the room was the room, Tommy being Tommy. Yeah. So I guess I thought this would be different. And so as I saw things like the basketball scene and other things, like oh, but that's what I didn't know. I didn't know. Are we making a bad movie to be fun, or are we making a serious movie and we're still like this is a bad movie? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I think and I didn't know the I, answer. I want to say question. I want to say all of the above. Greg, what's the answer to that question? I, I want to say all of the above. Like they know the history that these two guys have, which is going to, as he said in the interview, like your your fans are going to follow you. Right. Like you. That's why I watched it. And I loved it. Right? Yeah. People are going to look at it and go, "Oh, Greg and Tommy have a movie," so people are going to. It's automatically. A cult movie, right? You can't right recreate off the, bat. the room, right? You can't. You can't recreate, recreate the room. Denny. No, no, but no. You no, also no. can't. You can't recreate. You also can't pretend you didn't do the room. I mean, you don't. You don't write a script with a part for Tommy Wiseau, right? If, yeah. If, if, you're it's, like if it's not going to be yeah. Tommy, dude, his outfit in the last scene, whatever the hat, the glasses, the leather jacket, the whole time, like I don't think you could even pretend to wardrobe that outfit. <laughs> that is a outfit. Of I think. Outfits. We didn't ask anything about wardrobe, but I, I honestly think that whatever Tommy wore to set that day, that's Which just what uh, that's just what Tommy's wearing today. Like, because, you know, he has the blue coat and then but the basketball scene when he all of a sudden puts on these fingerless gloves. Right. Like, wh- so, what was the uh, point the of The basketball that? scene, I think, might be the most brilliant piece of the whole film because you're getting the, I'm just going to toss it back and forth. Like, so... Totally, we're all thinking football scene, correct? Yes, exactly. But then there's like a quick cut after it of Greg Sestero sinking shots and like schooling Tommy and basketball because you're getting, okay, there is a real way to play the sport and I'm going to play (laughs) way better than you. So I feel like that's where I was disconnected with the movie because I thought that was saying, oh, look, you made this movie that we're all going to laugh at because we don't really play football that way. But look, I'm slam dunking but, on you because see, I'm making this movie. It's so interesting because I had such a different response. I was actually imp- and, and and I'll I'll wa- I'll see when I watch it again. But I was impressed at sort of what I thought was a measured amount of references to the room 
and use of Tommy. Like I, th- I thought it could have been way over the top. Could have been oh over yeah, the top. absolutely. I mean, it could have all been, been like. Top. I mean, it could have just been all Tommy all the time, and trying know, trying to play off that success yeah. to be like, hey, we got Tommy back. Here he is. Here he is. Right. Here he is. And, here and, he is. and even doing things like you know, you know, referencing scenes from the room. Like you could have easily done that, right. and I feel like they did it in small bits. But I actually thought it was definitely a different movie in the room and I think mm. that like you know and I think Greg Sestero I mean he certainly has at least as big a part as Tommy does in this oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, bigger, yeah. way bigger yeah. I mean it's a bigger part now of course you know it's hard not to you know I well and that's the thing it, is but I didn't find myself hard. and maybe I you know I knew you guys talked to him I knew some other things happened so I didn't go into this thinking I just want to see Tommy right so I didn't care as much as I did or didn't see him. And in I doing guess I this, was just looking for I really thought like the disaster artist really hit me in an emotional level. Like I really thought, oh my gosh, he was you know, whatever you think about Tommy Wiseau, he actually was a pretty good guy. He really liked people and being yeah, alive. Yeah, yeah. And he represents a thing that I think we all want of this this is how I'm going to live my life and I don't care what you think. That's exactly. a great, that's beautiful, right? So I, I really went into this movie thinking it's going to represent that more than just the fiend part. Like, so that's why I focus more on the R and less on the <laughs> absence of the R. It, that's, that's, that's my whole key. And that's where I, that's where I had it wrong is that I was like, oh, they're all, they're kind of mean and evil in this movie. Like Greg Cicero is going to backstab him twice. So well, well, you know what makes a perfect balance, perfectly balanced movie meal, is our incredible interview with Greg Sestero paired with watching Best mm. Friends <laughs> because you get from the interview you get their love for each other. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Um, very, they've been very friends much. for years yeah, and years and that's years. That's great. And, that is great. And I and I know coming this first this first movie with them back together in a movie together it's going to be very 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 hard for people to they're going to want the room 2.0 right. they're going to think oh we're getting another room and and greg i mean he's trying to Separate you know yeah, the room got that. him here a disaster artist got him here and you know he he wants to do other stuff he wants to i mean he said he wants to do a horror movie next yeah. which I, no, i'm all I, for but i fell in love with tommy Wiseau after the disaster artist i thought it was and even like i said even watching it a second i watched it the second time by myself i i enjoyed the movie like for what it is like i'm excited to see volume 2 when whenever we get a chance to see it whether it's in a theater but i will say the first time i watch it i will watch it with a group of people did they make uh going back to the actual plot of the movie did they make a million dollars each is that what the actual sum that's, was that's kind of what i was getting when he said and uh, so, we had 2 million dollars and, and she and was this like is the other thing i wasn't clear with Tommy is withholding or is he not withholding from Greg? I don't know. See, I, I don't know I think either. I, that's why it's the mystery that we right. are waiting to find so out next. Is the, and, and so, in fact, is the fiend the, the female? I suspect that this movie, when you see volume is that two, a woman coming in between two oh. men in the relationship? I think I think this movie is going to be smarter than you think. She's the R? I, I, so that's what I was thinking. She's the R, but maybe not. I have a feeling this movie is going to go in some because kind his, of bizarre directions. Well, his comment on the black and white film was, oh, in the end, we don't know who to trust. So yeah. that's where... Yeah, yeah, Because, like, in the end, you feel like Tommy's sort of the victim. 
Greg. And then he got backstabbed by woman. the girl. And but he also wasn't giving out that money. And who is Oolong or whatever his name is? Uh, Malmu. Malmu. Whoever. Who is that? Yeah. You know, what, like, why is he giving out three hundred thousand dollars to Malmu? Yeah. yeah. We don't know yeah. who that is or what they're. I don't know. We'll no, have to. Seriously, it is. Italian we'll have to suite. wait until volume two. Yeah. And then, so had Greg Sestero never entered into Tommy Wiseau's life, he's just a mortician who makes masks and collects teeth, and never has any plans outside of that. Correct. That's what I'm guessing. He's I, a vampire. Based on part one, a goblin. <laughs> based on part one. Based on part one. Based on, based part, on one. part one. Yeah, but yeah, we we don't know his backstory. So I mean. We don't know. Well, I mean, we don't know. We don't know either. Of we their don't know backstories. anyone's backstory. So I, I think that that that's what I actually really liked about part one is that I like thought Greg that Sestero's that character. It, I thought it does a good job of. Yeah, build, it never building. shows. Why is he bloody? Why well, right. did he, who did he beat up? But yeah. we're gonna learn that. <laughs> also, what gangsters ripping up pictures of people's moms? They weren't gangsters. He, they was, weren't he, gangsters. It was when he was a kid. He was a kid. He wasn't a kid. He was like definitely an eighteen-year-old dude in that. In well, that scene. he was still a kid. Hey, but the point Compared is, to like, where who he was at, I, I when think you see him. I, I, it up. This is my guess. <laughs> I, I think I think that it's setting up. It's very intentionally setting up this relationship between two characters, where you get to know both of them and you start to get to know their relationship, and it intentionally leaves out their backstory. And I think that that it's, I think it's all going to change because I think in volume two is where John, we're going to learn a lot more. John, I think, is going to remember oh, things hi, that he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to start learning that Harvey. We haven't even mentioned the names of the characters. John and Harvey. <laughs> John and Harvey. That 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 we're going to start. Uh, I have a feeling that him making masks and pulling teeth and stuff and being a mortician is not going to be as random as we think. Especially since you know Greg in the interview talked about you know this all being inspired by Tommy mm-hmm. being interested in this haunted mortuary. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned their names because I think it was probably a. Uh, three quarters of the way through the movie where he said Harvey and I was like oh is his name Harvey yeah <laughs> is that his name uh, oh I think he was telling his girlfriend John. where she's like who is when she finds the mask then she's mad and he goes my friend his name's Harvey I was like is his name Harvey are you lying I don't know is his name Harvey I don't know who's can you I even remember kept... what his name was in the room uh, it wasn't Tommy no Hold on, hold on. Uh, I, Johnny. Yes. Johnny. Yes. <laughs> I knew it was like, oh, I only said that because when uh, Tommy Wiseau finds out whatever Greg Sestero's name is, he goes, oh, that's such an ordinary name. And I remember thinking, well, your name in the room was pretty ordinary, too. <laughs> well, I, w- I will say with the, like I said, I enjoyed the movie. But after talking with Greg and getting a lot of the backstory of the movie, when I watched it again, like it, it. I don't want to say it made it more enjoyable, but it made it enjoyable on a different level for me. Than, well, but it's, uh, it sounds like you actually were, you know, there were things you could look for. I yeah, mean, like, exactly. Because like, you know, he were, really talked about sort of what went into the making yeah. of it. And it sounds like you sort of found things that, you know, might not stand out. I'm like, oh, right? yeah, you talking Is about this Is it true part that they had a like, falling out for a while after the room and then came back together like the disaster I, artist I, I, showed? He certainly didn't say that. In, in, I mean, because the disaster artist shows them not being friends anymore and then coming together. Yeah, I don't end. know. Well, I mean, he's they may a, have they may have still been friends, but just as you know, it's like that. We're we're mutual friends. We don't maybe we don't hang out as much as we used to. But well, and and isn't I and the road trip 
I mean, according to his telling, it would happen right after the room. Right after the room. Right yeah. after the room. The road trip that inspired this movie, mm-hmm. that inspired Best Friends, happened right after. So, I get that the road trip they went to a mortuary, but the selling of teeth... That that has nothing to do with it because they, that's they, so because the, the whole the whole thing the, that it's based on is the trip that he and Tommy took. Okay, it so had nothing to do because with because in, in the beginning it says based on a true story. I'm like, and inspired. the only true inspired, inspired true, true story. Events. The whole time, like, does this mean that you guys at one time sold gold teeth? No, no, no. It's it's just inspired by true events. Yes, not it based also on a true slightly story. reminds me of Teen Titans when they. Decide to eat tea. So it's, a, it's in, basically inspired by their friendship and a trip that they took. I don't think the teeth and all that stuff were, is just part so of the story. He wrote a story of a homeless there. guy meeting a mortuary guy, yeah, liking him, becoming friends, but the homeless guy is sort of diabolical. The homeless guy gets to an upper crust of society that he never reached before and he finds a girlfriend. And that girlfriend. Wait, 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 wait the life. upper crust of society is that he goes to a bar and meets a bartender. <laughs> yeah, but he gets to like, he gets to say. I don't even think it's a got, bar. It was like an Applebee's type of place. He never gets to say. <laughs> he gets better. to say like, <laughs> "I'm in gold and I have money," and he gets to do things right. Then he yeah, got to where do. he's like, "I'm in gold," and she and her tone changes like, "Ooh, I'm gold sorry. digger." Homeless I am. to Applebee's is upper crust. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I would say if you'd like the room. Go watch this movie and right. definitely you've see, already seen it. If you like the room, you've and definitely seen it. and definitely see it with a group of people. Don't don't watch it by yourself. Like see it with other people because it's a lot more fun. Yeah, and don't go in thinking this is going to be an awesome movie. Go in thinking this is going to be something fun it's to a, watch. It's a cult, just like the room. It's going to become a cult classic that people are just going to watch. It's going to be like their midnight. It's going to be their guilty pleasure. I seriously think that Volume Two is going to come out. We're gonna see volume two, come back and do a podcast, and you'll be like, "Oh my god, okay, I, I, what I said about volume one has totally changed." Really? Now. See, because yeah. yeah. so hold on, we didn't talk about this. In scene happens, and then we have this extra stuff. Is that a preview for volume two? I don't know. I don't know either. Or is it I, a dream? I, it could have been a dream. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm assuming maybe it's a, a teaser for volume two. Maybe I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I think I it's thought time, it was. I think it's time to go back. Watch volume one again and start looking for clues that you're like, oh, because that's going to have comes meaning back. later. Tommy is also wearing Greg's face. Yeah. You know, you well, hold, on. hold on. Sorry. One more thing. At the very end, at the very, 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 very end, when he's pushing Tommy off the cliff, did it show a guy saw them, saw him through, that showed a two boards and an eye peeking through a board. Did someone witness this outside of the two of them? I don't know. You don't remember that scene? I needed you guys to watch this today. Uh, <laughs> there is a scene, I'm telling you, at the end of the movie, before the end, the after credit scene, where he's pushing him, and it cuts to a guy, a random guy, not Greg or Tommy, looking through a, a board with his eye, and he witnesses the event. Mm. So someone witnesses the event. I don't, I don't know event. if I remember that. I, like, I remember the random... There. The random cowboy guy that's standing there before he like lights on fire and like yeah yeah, yeah. that all gets that no that's all in the post credit yeah the light okay. and fire stuff is all post credit this is pre credit scene this is uh, when he's pushing him and it's going that slow mo weird effect they show a guy like looking through a two a fence I, I, I don't miss know. that yeah no it's I don't know definitely I, there. I definitely twice. saw it huh. and I was like oh this is the crux is that someone's going to witness him. But it's really clear that Greg Sestero did not murder him. 
there was like a struggle and Greg was pushed back violently <laughs> and Tommy fell off the cliff. Well, survived. I don't know. I'm telling you, there, but, there are clues. Uh, but Look also, clues. Greg Cicero went down to the beach, grabbed the hat out of the water that washed up the shore and was crying on the hat. So he was sad. His friend, this guy yeah. died. They went to Vegas we'll, together. We'll learn a lot in the next one. They went to so, Vegas together. Grab, grab a group of friends. Go see Best Friends Volume 1. Let's jump into some quick at-home recommendations. Do you have any uh, at-home recommendations for us? What, like movies? Yeah, anything. <laughs> anything. You, anything you watch anything. at home. Or just like any, just anything to do at what home. What have you been watching no, any, at home? <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be new. It can be old. Anything that you would recommend someone to watch at home. Man, I've been trying to watch horror movies lately. Mm. Um, oh, you know which one I liked? Netflix one, uh, Cargo. 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 Netflix original? With yeah. Martin Freeman? Uh, yes, yeah, with, uh, with Bilbo Baggins. Ooh. Yeah, it was, I thought it was a really uh, very original and interesting take on uh, a zombie movie. Nice. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'll definitely watch that. That sounds great. Right, how many you got this week, Justin? Oh, so this is the this 15, is the 20, season 30. where it gets weird. So in the summer times <laughs> when we're doing this, it's whatever I'm watching that I have found or stumbled upon. But now is the season because we are also uh, we are as a family we are Hulu subscribers, okay. and Hulu gives you up to date. Whereas Netflix only gives you a season later, Hulu gives okay. you up to date. So this is where we start watching the shows we actually watch. So in my family, uh, Wednesday nights is a night where we're, it's the only night of the week where we're like, hey, you know what? Everyone gets to stay up a little bit later. We're all watching TV together, and we watch Goldbergs. We watch Modern Family. We watched uh, uh, American Housewife. We like those shows, and I, you know, I, I like, I like think that's what I'm watching right now at home. I think they're good. They're funny. Um, okay. Still keeping it, keeping it good there. Keeping it real. Keeping it real with those shows. <laughs> uh, oh, and the one show that you should watch. I don't even know when it comes on. I watched it all last season, and it is freaking fantastic. Is The Gifted. It's Marvel's oh, yeah, The yeah. Gifted. You, you did it's, recommend this one last year. It's basically, uh, and now it started again. I, I thought it wouldn't get renewed. Like Marvel had, um, it got canceled. Oh, The Inhumans? The Inhumans, yes. You thank go. you. So I knew you would know. The Inhumans, it got canceled last year. It's done. I thought Gifted would. But Gifted, Gifted basically takes place in the Old Man Logan world universe. X-Men are long gone and it's illegal. Sentinel services hunt down mutants. But it's... It's in its second season right now, and I think it is a very, very well done show. Hmm. Following Polaris, which is Magneto's daughter, great, great, great show. I, I think it's still worth watching. You should go check it out. Well, I want to bring up one other one, but I want Justin to talk about it. Because, the Runaways? No, 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 no. Movie, movie that that uh, that a a student told me you have to see this, you have to see this, and I saw it, and then I said to Justin, you have to see this. The Voices. Oh, jeez! Did I did I mention that a couple weeks ago, Brad? The which one? The Voices with Ryan Reynolds. Yes, you did. Oh, oh okay. you already I think, did. Okay. I think as soon as you told me, I mentioned it, but I didn't go into. Oh man, crazy movie, super fascinating. But at the end, you're like, man. So you know, I actually think about that movie on probably on a daily basis. Wow. Where I think about wow. uh, someone who's crazy, who's got voice in their head, who sees the world as they want to see it. But every now and then in the movie, you would just get a quick glimpse of what their world really looked like. 
the disgusting feces on the ground and like their apartment as it really is and that those are the things that flip through my head that I wish weren't there but I think about it all the time I think about like this guy didn't see and I keep thinking of Anna Kendrick sneaking into his apartment and actually seeing the stuff yeah. that was really there like oh man what a well done film it's crazy it's psycho if you're offended by things, don't watch it. It's, it's, it's Green Lantern meets Pitch Perfect. It is. You got to see it. There, there you go. Meets Pitch Perfect. That is exactly what it is. <laughs> yes. Anyways, okay. it's crazy. Okay. I just watched a K. Reeves movie <gasps> I told you about. Which one? Destination Wedding. Oh, that's on my with, list to with, watch. With I'm Wynonna so glad you it before me. It's, uh, it's new. It's like oh, a yeah, it is new. 2018 yeah, right. movie, uh, man. Yeah, uh. it's... It, it's not a great movie, but I really enjoyed it. Because like, Keanu Reeves is freaking awesome. It, it Basically, it's an hour and a half of Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder bickering with each other. I love it. About weddings and these people. I love both of them. <laughs> and it's just, I, Hold on. I really Keanu enjoyed Reeves it. Has Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder been in something before? Yes. What? Episode one of The Cinema Guys. We asked the oh, same no, question. Keanu Reeves was in, dang it. I'm thinking, you're going to INDB it, but let me look quick. Oh, The Private Lives of Pippa Lee, A Scanner Darkly, Bram Stoker's Dracula, she was in, and Destination yes. Wedding. Four movies. Four movies. Uh, I forgot she was in A Scanner Darkly, though, and I never saw a private, The Private but Lives of Pippa Lee. Destination Wedding, it's on Amazon Prime. Like I said, it wasn't a great movie, but I really enjoyed it. I, I found it, I, I physically laughed out loud a couple times because I... You LOL'd? I LOL'd. <laughs> it is definitely Whoa. on my list to watch. The only other Whoa. thing I've watched is the Belko experiment, which I can't totally recommend. It was that was okay. like the office building. Yeah, yeah that locks down. Where they and like, they gotta we're going to kill other. a person. Yep. Yeah. It was okay. It wasn't great. And then my only other recommendation would be like, go rent. Get some, like I said before, get some friends. Go rent Best Friends Volume 1. I want to thank Caleb for being our special guest Cinema this week. Cinema Toast Crunch. Cinema Toast Crunch. I, I can't Damn. say it. Thanks for... Cinema Toast Crunch. I want to thank you guys for both including me in this, but uh, but and especially the interview with... Oh, yeah, especially man. thank uh, Greg. It is, it is intervention, man, on a higher power that Oof. Caleb got to be a part of the... Yeah, I want, to, I want to thank Greg again. No one again deserved it more than Caleb. For, for talking to us. It was great. Greg was amazing. But thank you for listening... And maybe sometime we will see you at the movies. I'm so mad. Why? So All right. you didn't even get Split. You didn't even get the end of Split because you didn't no, see Unbreakable. I didn't get it. Oh, my. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Let's, I'm let's, having an aneurysm right now. Let's, let's I'm having an aneurysm. Let's finish this Unbreakable, up. one of the better films of 19, 2000 or whatever it was. <laughs>